Spork. Sporks. Spork. It's a spork in good time. Mm, what the spork is going on here? It's a whole sporkful. Spork. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the world's only podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he's the spice that makes everything nice, my hubby and producer of the pod, Mr. Rossetti. It's true. I do make everything nice. I am the spice that makes the world go round. Yes, you are, darling. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's the spice for you that makes everything nice? Smoked paprika. Hmm. <laughs> I could grow on that. What about you? I mean, garlic. I guess garlic powder. I'm with Miss Tabitha Brown, just garlic powder. Because garlic is delicious. It's delicious. Well, but... <laughs> <laughs> listen, before we get started, we want to talk more about the cookbook giveaway that's happening Wait. right now. And it's super easy. David, take it away. Cookbook giveaway? What's what? this? So, yes, we've expanded our social network to include Twitter and Facebook. What? Beep, Crazy. Beep, beep, beep. And we are doing a giveaway through February 15th. So we are very close. Um, and this is... Uh, for our new followers. So we'll have Dustin's first book, The Simply Vegan Cookbook, and latest book, Epic Vegan Quick and Easy, as prizes. And we'll draw one of each per platform. That means you can double your chances if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and it's we are at Keep on Cooking Pod on both platforms. Keep on Cooking Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to follow us there. We're excited to have more ways to interact with our listeners and see what keeps you cooking and what your favorite cookbooks are. Yeah, and speaking of what's keeping you cooking, what's keeping you cooking these days? What, oh, what have you made this honey. week? I made us some biscuits and gravy this week. Uh, I mean, there's just no words. There's I just love a them. blank space where that. I love biscuits and gravy it's so, so good. much. Oh my goodness! When and your biscuits—they're so good and so easy. Well, and that's the the recipe you're speaking speaking of is from my mm. uh, newest book, Epic Vegan Quick and Easy. Super easy. They're called Effortless Butter Pan Biscuits. You plop some butter and the biscuit stuff in a pan, and they're ready to go. Mm. I also made um, for Super Bowl Sunday on UniversalMeals.org through PCRM. I've made cauliflower bites this week, so the, free of the top nine allergens and gluten free. And baked, right? And baked, yes, baked, not fried. Delicious. And then I made some loaded sheet pan nachos that has like a sunflower cheesy sauce on it and then some French onion dip. We love this French onion dip. So good. Sunflowers and beans is the base, all allergy friendly. So it's tasty, tasty. And then I did another uh, PCRM, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, has this program they're doing called One Healthy World. And it's a six week long program. And I did a presentation this last week on just some kitchen gadgets and then like things to do with rice. So I made, like leftover rice or quick dishes really but i made a quick like brown rice risotto and a quick uh fried rice with brown rice and just some veggies it was super super tasty really easy and i literally had that today for lunch. you did so. i saw you reheat thank that you, delicious you. um mm-hmm. and then this week on one healthy world i'm going to be talking about uh tips while traveling when you're vegan so if you get a chance go check out pcrm it's called one healthy world and uh i think there's a class this week on Thursday, and that might be the last one, or there might be one more left, but I know somewhere on PCRM.org, all of these classes, and it's just about like ways to like make plant-based eating easier, and there's and with chefs from like all over the world and, and special specialists and panelists and stuff, so it's really cool. Uh, you can check all that out on PCRM.org. Org. Okay, well, let's get into our next authors, or our authors for this week, I should say. The fabulous Jenny Angle and Heather Bell of Spork Foods. We mm-hmm. talk about both books in the interview uh, that they have out. But David, do a, a book flip through. Their their book is called Spork Fed. That's their first book. Open it up. What do you got? Oh, I mean, this is a really good one. Oh. Pumpkin cheesecake with a ginger snap crust. I love it. I love a pumpkin oh cheesecake. And then you're going to get out a ginger uh, snap crust? Put a snap in that David ginger David said snaps snap. crust. Said, uh, cinnamon sugar churros. They look delicious. Clearly, I want dessert right now. Cornmeal and herb crusted tofu feta croquettes. Oh. Gluten-free. All right. Hey, okay. Huh? Um... Ooh, th- oh, this sounds delicious. Satan Wellington with a creamy spinach sauce. Oh my goodness! Well, they are getting into I mean, it. Really? All and... that sounds so tasty. Oh, We're gonna. Hold on. Oh, what do you got? 
Ooh, quinoa salad with fennel and white beans and a light lemon vinaigrette. A little fennel. I don't use fennel enough. I need to get into it a little bit more. Maybe I'll get some, uh, get into this book and get a little more use out of fennel. We've got entrepreneur sisters Jenny Engel and Heather Bell on here today. They are the masterminds behind Spork Foods, the most popular vegan cooking school in California. They offer vegan organic cooking classes, chef training, recipe development, private chef work, catering, restaurant menu development, and more in Los Angeles. Angeles and worldwide. Yeah, their first cookbook, Spork Fed, which I just flipped through, uh, was a huge success with a foreword written by fans Emily and Zoe Deschanel. Oh. Uh, Heather and Jenny are chef brand ambassadors for major natural food companies. Um, I think they're doing right now a campaign for Follow Your Heart. Yeah, we talk about it a little bit in the uh, the interview, but they've got the mac and cheese out with Follow Your Heart and the rocket cakes. So cool, so cool. So then they uh, teach all over the country uh, and the world, reaching over 10,000 people a year. And Jenny and Heather are regular contributors to Veggie News Magazine and the recipients of the prestigious Veggie Award. They have been featured in the Los Angeles Times and other leading print publications and have appeared on television as cooking instructors to the stars. Super excited to have this dynamic duo here on the pod to talk about their books, Spork Fed and Vegan 101. Please enjoy Jenny Engel and Heather Bell. They are masters with a spork and also at helping people make healthier, more compassionate choices through vegan cuisine. The founders of Spork Foods, some of my favorite people because of their creativity and infectious positive attitudes. Please welcome to the podcast, the Spork Sisters, Heather Bell and Jenny Angle. Thanks for being here. This is fun already. Great. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Well, I mean, anything with a spork is fun. So we're off to a good start with the two of you always. We're going to go right into our icebreaker question. What did the two of you, what did you want to be when you grew up? And if it was in food, what was, you know, maybe another idea that you had kicking around in your brain when you were a kiddo? (laughs) When I was a child, this is Heather, I really wanted to be a painter, but not the cool artsy painter. I wanted to paint houses. That's pretty. Oh, cool. that's so specific. You did you just like <laughs> when you saw a house being painted? Were you like, I want that? I want to do that. I think it was something about like the white outfit and the overalls. And it looked really fun to be outside. You know that whole thing. I love it. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's Heather. Then mm-hmm. Jenny, what about you? Yeah. I'm Jenny, and I'm kind of a weirdo because I've always wanted to be a cook. <laughs> I love it. Even as a kid, I have always been into cooking. Like. Food memories are kind of the only memories I have as a kid. I'll know I could tell you what you ate when I was <laughs> very little and where we were and uh, if you liked it. Well, then that makes sense for where you are right now in life. I wanted to be, and it's going to sound like a joke, but I, I'm serious. I wanted to be Reba McIntyre. Like, I just wanted Amazing. to be her. Like in the 90s, I was obsessed with her a little bit, just like she was just everything to me. And so so that sort of manifested itself in entertainment and all of those things like that. But I just looked at her and I was like, she's doing the thing. She's singing and acting and all the things. Um, and that's, that's what I wanted to be. So I got pieces of it, I think. Uh, I yeah, right. Well, tell me a bit about both of you, sort of your history, you know, where you grew up and, and how cooking was part of it. And then when veganism came into play with it. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted uncensored and unedited anywhere where you stream podcasts just remember madhouse bar talks baby sure well we are sisters heather i'm the older sister by three years and we grew up in sherman oaks california we're valley girls if you can't tell by our names heather and jenny (laughs) totally (laughs) So we grew up with parents who shopped at, well, before Whole Foods, there was a store called Mrs. Gooch's and it was the store that smelled like the bulk bin before anyone really (laughs) smelled bulk bins before. So we would go to, you know, the Mrs. Gooch's um, bulk bin and we would get a little piece of our mom called it chocolate, but it was carob and we didn't discover chocolate till later. So we, um, we grew up with a, a mom who cooked a lot. We always had a lot of chairs in the kitchen. So we would sit with her and talk to her. And 
our parents actually sent us to culinary school when we were, I don't know, five, six years old. Oh, um, I love that. I remember Heather being able to go to cooking classes before me because I'm a little younger and I thought I could do that. Why the heck can't I get in there and just, you know, right. And we, we had a lot of big Shabbat dinners on Friday nights. And that to us was like the big cook day of the week. Um, so, you know, we would help our mom and we would have just a huge table full of people, um, both of the Jewish faith and not of the Jewish faith at our table. And just, you know, it was just an excuse to eat food and have fun and just be together. Yeah. And then the whole vegan thing came about a little bit later in life. You know, I actually went veg, um, as a pretty young kid in about sixth grade, but then we both became vegan in college while studying about environmental issues. And uh, we kind of came upon this path separately, but at the same time. (laughs) And then we realized, you know, uh, we wanted to go vegan for all of the environmental implications, animal welfare, all of that, you know, good stuff. Health was kind of a little bit of a focus, but not as much when we were, you know, in our teens and early twenties. And then that is how we got into the whole vegan world. So we've been vegan for about 22 years now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think, Heather, did you go to the Natural Gourmet Institute? I did, Jenny. Yes. Jenny. Okay. Jenny did. I was. I knew one of you did. I saw it somewhere. Well, we're, we're kindred spirits in that. I also went to the Natural Gourmet oh, Institute. Oh, fun. What a fun place. Oh, oh, yes. And I'm happy to report, and I've said this on the podcast before, now that it's moved over to ICE and it's the Institute of... Uh, uh, it's in, it, the Natural Gourmet uh, Center at the Institute of Culinary Education. It has maintained its integrity. I've gone back and visited and everything, and it's doing great. So oh, that's amazing. Yes, oh, yes. I'm to hear it. Well, so y'all are in business together with Spork Foods, and I I love families that work together. Have Have you always been this close? And then. How did Spork Foods come about? Yeah, this is Jenny. We we were not, you know, 100% close as kids growing up, of course, as any siblings have their little squabbles. We kind of realized that we really liked each other as teenagers. And we're like, <laughs> wait, we're kind of the same person in a lot of ways. Um, so that was kind of our our little familial history. Well, that's like <laughs> a good time to discover that though. Better than like after your teens. Teens is a nice time to be like, hey, we're close actually. We like each other. Well, it really kind of happened in a funny way, because if you remember the Northridge earthquake in 94, our house was condemned. And then we had to move to a completely different neighborhood where neither one of us had any friends. So we were like, okay, so there's one friend I live with. Let's figure that out. And then we realized like, oh, the friend I live with is actually like pretty rad. So we were sort of forced into friendship. And thank goodness that happened. That's so great. Well, then how did Spork Foods come about? So we always wanted to have a sister business and we always wanted to work for ourselves because our dad is, you know, his own boss and always has been and made it sound really exciting. (laughs) Little did we know it was a 24 seven commitment. (laughs) We're happy about, love it, love it. Um, So we had this kind of entrepreneurial spirit kind of ignited in us always. And then because we were both into environmental issues, it just seemed kind of a natural fit. Um, I actually thought I wanted to be an environmental lawyer, funny enough, and it was not for me. It made me not a happy person. So Heather was like, go to culinary school. And I was like, I'm allowed to do that? Like for work, work? And she was like, yes. And then we developed our business from there. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And so what all do you offer through Spork Foods? Let our listeners know what you have through Spork Foods. Well, what we offered before is so different than what we offer in COVID times. And I'm still sort of figuring it out. So we were teaching about 10 to 15,000 people a year in Uh, in our cooking school in West Hollywood in LA. Um, And also we would train chefs and do cooking classes all over the world, uh, you know, resorts, uh, universities, corporations, and things like that. Um, And then, um, you know, we we wrote a couple of cookbooks and then COVID. And um, right now we're offering virtual classes, but in the past six years or so, We've started developing food products, vegan, of course, and they've been inspired by 
our lifestyle, you know, um, which is not dissimilar to everyone else's. We're busy. We're, you know, we're working. We, we, we want to eat healthfully. We're moms. We're moms. Um, and we want to feed our families in a healthful way. So we started developing food products with that lens and we've been lucky enough to launch two food products on store shelves. They actually, you know, one of them we started six years ago. The other one we started three years ago. And funny enough, they're both on shelves as of this month. I love (laughs) it. I love it. And I just, I'm glad you went to that because I want to say congratulations. And also please tell everyone what the products are. Thank you so much. So we partnered with Follow Your Heart. So we're lucky enough to be their chef ambassadors. If you're not familiar with Follow Your Heart, they're a company that's been around for about 50 years. They are the makers of Veginase. Yes, that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) And um, so our first product that we created is called Rocket Cakes. And they are a gluten-free, squeezable pancake batter that just comes in a bottle and you keep it in your fridge so you can make one pancake or a dozen. Um, It's made with ancient grains and they're fluffy and they taste kind of naughty, even though they're so good for you. (laughs) Um, And then our second product is actually in a mac and cheese box. So it is a plant-based mac and cheese product with organic pasta in it, but the sauce is actually made of pretty much all pure vegetables, things like um, beans are, you know, we snuck in there, nutritional yeast is in there, cashews, carrots, um, cauliflower. So it tastes very cheesy and you would never know that you are missing out on any dairy. And, you know, that was inspired by our children because, you know, all kids, they all just want to eat pasta. They don't, they don't care about anything else in life except like mommy and pasta. So (laughs) we found ourselves blending in vegetables and beans and nuts into our pasta sauces and then tricking them into eating it. And when they went for it, we developed, um, you know, what's now the super map line and, um, yeah, now it's going to be, we have a whole foods exclusive across the country, um, for the next six months. And then we'll be in other stores. So great. Congratulations on all of that. That's so fantastic. I can't wait to try both of them. Uh, every time they get posted, I've been eyeing those rocket cakes now forever. So I really, really can't wait to get my hands on it. So exciting. So exciting. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. And we're looking at cookbooks now. You may each have a different answer for this, but do you remember what your first vegan cookbook was? Oh, yes. Sarah Kramer. Sarah Kramer. Yeah. yeah. How it all began, baby. Ah, yeah. Okay. So, and we were both cooking from the same one for the first book. That makes sense, Jim. I'm sure you were in the same yeah. house at the same time. That makes sense. I you know. know. It's I true. know. <laughs> and, you know, um, there, there was the Moosewood cookbook, Not Vegan But Veg, really great. Okay. Um, and then even just the some classics like the Silver Palette cookbook, so not vegan also, but had a lot of inspiration for us. And we would look at those classic recipes and we were constantly thinking, how do you veganize? Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, create? So 22 years ago, there were not as many alternatives as there are well, now. Of course, my goodness, right? <laughs> So you had to make tofu go very far back then. <laughs> well, and it's so true. And it's it's interesting you mentioned the non-vegan cookbooks because as chefs, we are often looking at all of the things so that we can create the vegan offerings for people who are are not cooking in the kitchen or people who don't want to do all the research to figure out how to make it vegan. Like that's what we're here for, to try and figure it out for people. So it's interesting that those were inspiring to you in your first days of cooking as well. Well, And the way we tricked ourselves into that, because, you know, the thought of looking at animals, you know, dead in a page was like so sad to us that we just pretended everything was vegan. Um, And that's how we, yeah, that's how we dealt with it. We still do that. Anytime we see a commercial for food, we're like, that's a vegan burger. That's a, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Trick yourself and it allows you to sort of get into those flavors that are used for everything else. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Well, let's Mm -hmm. look at your books. The first one is Spork Fed, Super Fun and Flavorful Vegan Recipes from the Sisters of Spork Foods. Tell us a bit about this book. This book is our complete 100% labor of love. We took every picture, styled every piece of food, thought of every recipe, shot all of these um, pictures in our space in West Hollywood, which we've had which is our cooking school. Um, And gosh, I mean, there is something I think for every occasion, for every style of cook. 
And we emphasized a lot of comforting foods because that's what makes us happy. (laughs) So we kind of realized that through line a bit later when people were like, oh, I see all the comfort foods. We're like, oh yeah, that's kind of our favorite thing. So, um, and then we sneak in a gazpacho here and there. Yeah. You know, this, this first book, it came out around the holidays and it actually, it has a lot of holiday recipes. There's one recipe that we've been using for like a billion years, it's these pear fig and sage tarts with a roasted garlic aioli. It's just taken us so far, you know, through catering jobs sure. and all kinds of things. Um, that's one of our favorites. Um, we've probably made at least 20,000. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, and I still like them when I take a bite. I know, which is I a good like, sign. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what that's a good sign of a great book when a recipe keeps coming back and back again. And you, right? you both clearly have personalities that shine. And what I love about this book is that it's colorful and vibrant, just like the two of you. There's even a fun breakdown in the beginning called Talk and Sporky, where you break down some spork food <laughs> vocabulary like sherzies, meaning sure and vitis, meaning uh, vitamins. Do you find that the language you have between each other expands far beyond this one page, though? Uh, For sure, for sure. You know, our Our language, you know, can be just like a a look out of the side of one of our eyes and uh, the other one will pick up on it pretty quick. Um, But we definitely have loved being in a room with so many people, you know, having this cooking school, we've been able to be present with people from all over the world that have come to share in the experience of vegan cooking with us. And it's just been a lovely thing to um, share a little bit of our shorthand with all of our students. That's great. And and you start the book off right off the bat with a very colorful four-page spread of menu suggestions. This book was written, I mean, almost a decade ago now, right? And it, it holds up very well. So when you both look at this four-page spread right now, if, if, I don't know if you have the book in front of you, but if you do, oh, yeah. is there a an item for each of you that sticks out on that four-page spread? This chocolate peanut butter mousse with a crunchy topping, it's one of those desserts that is so decadent and uses silken tofu which I think people are scared of if they haven't used it in a proper culinary context. But this dessert is so rich. It's really, I mean, it's still one of my favorite things and it's very fast. I made it for mom two weeks ago. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh my gosh. And you know, for me, I would say these Southwest black bean and corn mini burgers, these stand out for me because anytime I want to make a veggie burger, you kind of just always have those ingredients on hand. So it's just like one of those quick and easy, you know, dishes that you can make for people coming over, you know, when that used to be a thing. Yeah. And uh, you fling it at them from six feet away outside. Mm -hmm. My goodness. (laughs) Oh, well, chapter one is appetizers with offerings like spicy seitan buffalo wings, chickpea cakes with a sweet truffle drizzle, tofu satay with a decadent peanut sauce, and nachos with melty cashew cheese, lemon herb, sour cream, and guacamole. And of course, I was going to ask you what is an appetizer you still turn to from this book, but I know the answer. It's the pear fig and sage tarts with roasted garlic aioli. It has to be, right? It is, but also um, we play around with this melty cashew cheese for nachos pretty regularly too. And, you know, we, um, I forgot to mention when we were doing our cooking classes, we would also have big corporate cooking team building parties. And this, this nachos item was one of those that really, um, you know, mostly people who would come here for these team building, you know, when Netflix would come or Nickelodeon or Lego. Um, most people weren't vegan. So this was like our big opportunity to show people how delicious vegan food can be. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to to make it the best thing they've ever had. So yeah, the, the nachos, I feel like went with yeah. our Mexican food theme pretty well. We did that quite often. Mm-hmm. I got to tell mm-hmm. you, nachos, I've done those for demos before. And I now that you're saying it, that's probably gone over better than anything I've ever done. People go bananas mm-hmm. for, for good reason. For good reason. Nachos yeah. are delicious. And when you come up with a great cashew cheese sauce and everything, it's just so good. Uh, soups and salads, always a favorite of mine. That's our next chapter. I just like how light and also satiating soup and salad can be. Heather, what's a favorite soup of yours from this chapter? Um, I'm so into the velvety carrot soup with mint oil. Ooh. I, I cannot eat soup 
without some sort of a special oil or a gremolata or something delicious on the top that's like swirled in there. Oh, that's I'm, good. I make a version of this carrot soup probably twice a week. <laughs> well, yeah. and we thicken with just a potato, you know, so it tastes very rich and decadent, but it's actually very, very health supportive. Just thickened with a, a health forward whole food ingredient. That's fantastic. Jenna? And Jenny, what about a salad? What's a favorite salad for you from this chapter? Oh my goodness. Um, the Niçoise salad is really, really good. It, you know, you think of Niçoise, you think of eggs, you think of all of these ingredients that are a little bit, you know, very unvegan friendly. <laughs> but this actually has a really nice vinaigrette dressing um, that I would say I use on a regular basis still. And then I feel like it's great because it's a meal unto itself. And I like when a salad can be a meal and be satisfying. So we put some tofu in there. We have those beautiful Niçoise olives, you know, green beans. So, so good. It's well so tasty. Yeah. Sides is our next chapter featuring many mouthwatering options like spicy corn fritters with lemongrass grass, green apple and cashew sourdough stuffing, and scallion pancakes with sweet and sour dipping sauce. I love a sides chapter, especially for the holidays and events. Is there a recipe in here you might suggest to our listeners to make? This will probably air after the holidays. It will. It's going to be out in January. But, you know, holidays and events happen all year. What's a side dish from here you can serve up that always makes everyone happy? You know what? In the new year, we would say, you know, people are definitely thinking about their bodies differently. There is some sort of a shift. Yes. And within that, and I, and we love that we live for that. Um, so I would say the crispy brown rice cakes with adzuki beans and scallions is a really good, well-rounded, very flavorful, sort of on the macrobiotic tip. Okay. Sides. Mm-hmm. And even though they say sides, it's really a complete meal unto itself. You got your protein and you got your carb and you know, it's, it's pretty much, we called it a side, but it can totally be amazing. We just had to jam it into this book somewhere. Right, exactly. So yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah, you're like, okay, the sides chapter. It'll fit there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And um, the corn fritters with lemongrass. I feel like these um, lemongrass is a flavor that not a lot of people cook with in their homes on a regular basis, unless you're familiar with certain types of cuisines that are more Southeast Asian inspired. So I think that, you know, when you get a cookbook, one of the fun things to do is use flavors that you're not really used to using on a daily basis. So the spicy corn fritters with lemongrass, they're gluten-free, like they really have just different flavors that you don't get every day. And I think they came out, you know, really popping. Like they really have a lot to offer. Plus, you know, in our cooking classes, when we're talking about ingredients, we also talk about the medicinal qualities of the ingredients used. And lemongrass is one of those ingredients that um, it really boosts your mood. It's actually an antidepressive. And it just kind of gives you that little boost of light and freshness that sometimes you need every now and again. So we look at food as medicine, not just as food. We, we know that it really, really can make or break the body. I couldn't agree with you more. And listeners, you're getting some education here. This is good stuff. I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> uh, we got main dishes next. It brings us to some DIY tofu and chicken style seitan. But my eye is on this roasted butternut squash with sage lasagna with a creamy bechamel sauce. Now, what is something from here the two of you might toss together for a weeknight dinner? Yeah, not the lasagna. Right. That is definitely, <laughs> you hit on that. You hit on that. Um, these tempeh sausages are really quick to put together and very satisfying. So when you don't, even though there are a lot of meat analogs that are available nowadays, when you want to go for something a little more whole foods based, tempeh is one of our favorites. So high in protein, natural probiotics, you know. So these tempeh sausages have a lot of flavor in them. We have some great spices that you would know and are familiar with when you were ever making your own sausages. And then a gravy. I mean, that's delicious. So, right? Put it on everything. A little on this, a little on that. No reason why we can't make gravy, you know, on a Wednesday. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Agree more. I actually just had to test a bunch for a project. And I've got like, like two quarts of gravy <laughs> in my fridge. And I'm like, we'll go through it. We'll figure it out. My husband, just the two of us, but we'll go through it. We'll put it on everything. It'll be fine. Uh, well, I also have a sweet tooth. We're at the desserts chapter. Tell me what each of you consider to be the, like, the best award winning worthy desserts from this chapter. 
By far, I'm going to say the bonbon recipe. Ooh, it's peanut butter bonbon, right? Or my is that the one I flipped through by yesterday? Is that right? It is. Yes. It's crunchy peanut butter bonbons. And um, this dish is something we've made for many events also. Um, they get a little, they get their crunch, not just from the peanut butter, but also from some unseasoned breadcrumbs, which you would never think would be delicious in a dessert, but oh, it just, it really, really works. So we were talking about how many tarts we've made. I bet we've made 20,000 of these peanut butter bonbons too. 30,000. 30, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's it's when you decide to do something for an event and you're like, oh, we'll do these, these bonbons. And then you're doing it and you're like ball shape. I'm going to do like a ball shape, something I have to do over and over. Like what did, what was I thinking here? Right. But then they're always such a hit. There's such a hit, like, okay, so you form the balls and then you put them in the freezer. Then you have to dip them in chocolate individually and then (laughs) you freeze them again. So this is definitely a labor of love. I'm sure we've just intimidated everyone so that they're not going to make the crunchy peanut butter bonbons, but super worth it. I'm going to make, I think I'm going to make them uh, when I go back. Michigan's where I'm from originally. I'm going to go see my family for Christmas. I might make them for that. I think they would devour these. It sounds like a good, good little (laughs) holiday offering. Well, y'all take it home with a brunch chapter featuring sticky maple pecan cinnamon rolls. Hello, hello. And gluten-free chive and cheddar skillet omelet. Are there any brunch items from this book you've taught over and over in your cooking classes where you just know people are going to love them in class? You know what? There's nothing like a stuffed French toast recipe. Yeah. And like the beauty of French toast is it's delicious on its own. So you don't have to stuff it, but all you have to do is mix a little bit of vegan cream cheese with really any fruit, a little maple, a little bit, tiny bit of sea salt, and maybe a little lemon zest. And you're just totally in business. I mean, you are not wrong. And everybody, she's she's talking about, you know, a stuffed French toast. But in here, we've got a strawberry cream cheese stuffed French toast. And it just looks <laughs> absolutely delicious. So good. Oh, you're the best. Oh, I love that. It just looks so delicious. Well, that is, uh, that's book number one, my friends. And we're going to move on into book number two. Are you all ready to talk about it? I mean, we're born ready. (laughs) Well, the next one is Vegan 101, a vegan cookbook. Learn to cook plant-based meals that satisfy everyone. This came out in 2016. Is that correct? Yes. All right. So tell our listeners a little bit about this book. This book is just, I mean, Vegan 101, it's, it's, it's basic. So, you know, what we love is that we get to sort of talk a little bit about our students. You know, Vegan 101 is a play on school. And, you know, we've had this vegan cooking school for a a really long time. So we got to actually um, put in some testimonials from some of our friends, Kristen Bauer von Stratton. Um, She is an actor. Um, You know, she's come to our classes a bunch. We get to talk to her about, you know, she eats vegan about 80% of the time. So we're incorporating people who are not completely vegan. And um, let's see, we talk about, you know, substitutions for chicken and beef and sausage, fish, pork, bacon, um, substitutions for dairy. Um, We talk kind of all about just the basics, eggs, obviously. Um, And I, it's just, it gives a very just sort of great and simplistic overview of veganism for people who are a little bit more intimidated by it. I was just going to say, it seems like a very great uh, foundational book for that exactly. People who are intimidated by it. And this offering of testimonials from sort of celebrities in the front matter sort of breaks up. I, I often find, you know, you're reading an introduction to a cookbook and it's that one person's perspective, the author's perspective, which is great. But this sort of broke that up a little bit and gave perspective from different people. So that's sort of can reach different people than when they're picking up the book to read it and something I was like, oh, that might resonate with this person more or this a different a different person more than the other person. So it was a cool way to break it up. I really liked that. Um, and and of course, then, of course, like you said, you've got all the introductions to things, uh, meat substitutes and all that good stuff. So a nice foundational piece from the start in chapter one that's called School is in Session. And the second chapter, we get into it with breakfast. Uh, what's a breakfast from this book that makes it on your table still from time to time the walnut breakfast sausages are always making it onto our table and also the scones um 
I don't know why I'm so into scones, maybe because they're so buttery and flaky and maybe they're just like fun to make because the flour gets all over your face and <laughs> in your pants and the whole thing. But um, those two are a recipe that we we create. We, we, we still are on all over that. I still, I also think that scones are easier than people think they are. Like, yes. I think people think that it's a labored sort of situation. And for me, it's always sort of like mix and bake. You're good to go. Mix, form and bake. You're good to go. So I, I well, right. I, and like, what's funny is that with scones, you have to have such a delicate hand. You really can, you really should not mix it very right, much. Exactly. <laughs> Just get it together, form it, and then bake the goodness, bake the goodies. Right. You know, well, we're back at salads for chapter three in this book, and I love a Greek salad. So I'm putting a little post it note on this the Greek salad with tofu feta. And right next to that is a vegan cob salad with zesty vinaigrette. Anything jump out in salads for you? Let's see here. I have to say this Moroccan carrot salad. Um, I, I just, I love the brightness and freshness of carrots. I love that you can get carrots of every color. So you can make this, you know, an orange dish, but you can also use yellow and white and purple carrots. And that just to me is also always so exciting. Um, it's always so pretty yeah. too. I love multicolored carrots. Yeah. So pretty. Yeah. So I love, I love a carrot salad. I might even make those car- carrots that you're talking about with, I just did a recipe of y'all's uh, from PCRM. Uh, I went to Notre Dame and I, I I showed you guys, I made your red lentil soup with the spicy gremolata. I might put yeah. that spicy gremolata on this carrot salad. It might be super tasty with those carrots. I think that's a fantastic idea. Thank you. I'm going to try it. Um, (laughs) So have we lost Jenny at this point? Just so listeners know, I think she had to step out, right? I think she, yeah, I think we've lost her just for a second. Just so she may be back in. She may not. Just so everybody knows we're not ignoring Jenny. She's, she's potentially not (laughs) on the call anymore. So it's not intentional on our end. So soups. Motherly duty calls sometimes out of the blue. You know what I mean? (laughs) Motherly duty. We all understand. And we have soups and stews. Uh, This comes in the offering of sweet and smoky red bean stew, tortilla soup with ancho cream topping, sesame miso soup with ginger tofu, classic minestrone soup, and blue ribbon chili with sour cream and chives. So much more to choose from and all very accessible. That's one of the things I always love about soups and stews. It's, you know, we're in the fall time right now i think it's warm where you are but do do you enjoy soups all year round or is it a fall time kind of thing for you when how are you with soups i am very very good with soups pro Um, soup i I eat them we eat them all year round for sure do you have a favorite from here that you make all the time the velvety kale soup with cashew cream there's something about you know my sister and i tend to make the title of our recipes way too long. We do not know how to dial it. You're back not alone. You're not alone. That. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's usually a paragraph long, but um, you know, there's something so delicious. You feel so energized. You know, a lot of times people come to our classes and after a meal, they, in our classes, we, we would do a four course meal after the meal, they would come to us kind of one at a time as we were doing the dishes and say, you know, it's funny. I feel light. I feel like energetic. And we're like, yes, this is how you're supposed to feel. You are not supposed to feel weighed down and heavy after a meal. You are supposed to get a boost of nutrients. And this kale soup gives you that boost. That's one of the things I love about plant-based food is that feeling that you just described where you're like, I'm satiated, but I'm not like stuffed. And I don't feel like I overdid it, but I did eat a good amount of food. So it's just such a lovely, lovely feeling to know you're sort of fueling your body with the things that you need, right? Absolutely. So good. Well, chapter five takes us to handhelds. I love me a handheld. School us. School is in session. I love handhelds, and I know our listeners do as well, because you can pack them up for road trips or school and work lunches. What are some handhelds from here that you would recommend for packed lunches, maybe? We love the Thai salad rolls with a tangy peanut vinaigrette. You know, you can put anything in a rice wrapper. And so it's so great. You get to go to the farmer's market and get some fresh stuff and just throw them in. So you don't even really have to follow the recipe, but it's all about that peanut vinaigrette, right? It always is. Always, (laughs) always. Just give me more extra of that on the side, please. Always. Like, don't even ask me. I'll pay extra. I don't care. 100%. 
Mm-hmm. So good. So oh, well, I love it. Uh, Mains is chapter six, and I got my eye on the creamy vodka pasta with spring peas and bacon because I just love pasta and a nice creamy vodka sauce. And my husband it will swoon over the hearts of palm tofu crab cakes with spicy remoulade. Can you mm. recommend a couple recipes for our listeners to try for the first time? Maybe when they get the book, something from the Mains chapter that they should make right away? Yes. Um, you know, we really love the spaghetti chef hilarious name for a recipe. This was inspired. If you flip to the front cover of vegan 101 spaghetti chef is, um, is that's the recipe. And what we're using is it looks, it looks kind of bolognese, right? You've got like little chunks of what is that? Well, it's actually chopped up almonds and, um, it's just such a satisfying, you know, there's like a little bite to it. It's really satisfying. You're getting your protein, Um, so that's one, let's see. Yeah. That's one that I really love and that we make pretty regularly. That dish was inspired when my sister went to Italy. Oh, nice. Uh, Great. Inspired from a particular place in Italy or anything of that nature? Yes. A particular place in Italy. And I'm trying to remember what (laughs) we've lost. We've lost. It, It was in Sicily. There we go. Yep. There we go. That's great. That's great. It's so interesting. Um, You point out the cover because um, I remember I spoke to you many, many years ago when uh, this this book is with, we share the same publisher for my first book and this book. And um, I called you and one of the reasons you were so great to chat with me about it, but I loved the cover of this book. Um, I just really did. I love, I love the dark tones and I I love that shot of that, uh, spaghetti too. So it was, it was one of my attractions to this publisher is that I love that cover. So I'm so glad you brought the cover up. Well, that's awesome. You know, we really were thinking because it's vegan one Oh one, every single human has had pasta Yeah, and that's it. That's, that's an overstatement. I'm sure not every human has had pasta, but it is one of those dishes that's very relatable. And that was the goal, you know? Yeah, and you did it. You certainly did it. Oh, thanks. And now we're here for some sweet treats again. Desserts close out the book for chapter seven. Sweet dreams are made of these. And let me tell you, with baked confetti donuts <laughs> and pistachio cranberry popcorn balls, honey, it's a very creative chapter. Is there a dessert from here you have the most fun making for people? Okay, let's see here. Um, the individual chocolate stout cakes is always fun because you have to open up a little stout, and then it's a little stout for you right. and a little baby. <laughs> you know, that's just a good time. Um, and chocolate and stout just go so beautifully together. That's great. You're kicking up the fun in the kitchen with booze, of course. You can't. It, I mean, you just you just are. You'll see a couple other boozy. You know, we got some bourbon in here sure. in our pie bars, which actually is a really great one for Thanksgiving coming up. Um, the sticky bourbon pecan pie bars highly recommend. Okay. All right. Delightful. I love it. Well, that was, that was the two books, my friend, we got sport fed and we have (laughs) vegan one Oh one. I love them both. Everyone should go out and grab them. Are you ready? She left you hanging here. You're on your own. Are you ready for the rapid fire baker's dozen round of questions? I'm totally ready. All right, here we go. Do you have a midnight snack or late night snack? If so, what is it? Never, never, ever. Good for you. Inspiring, inspiring answer. I love it. Baked. That's a terrible answer. What a boring answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. It'll be inspiring. I'm telling you. Uh, Baked or fried? Baked. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Food on a skewer or a tiny spoon? Tiny spoon. Favorite spice to cook with? Garlic powder. Nice. (laughs) Last recipe you (laughs) tested. Today we did a uh, pecan pear frangipan tart. Ooh. All right. (laughs) Uh, Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper? Uh, Like neither. All right. You're not the first person to say Neither. I'm sure to take that question off the list now. Uh, favorite kitchen tool? Baby whisk. Hot. You know, I just, as I stopped dead in my tracks there, I just got one this year. And I, I mean, I've had them before, but like I got a really nice one and I use it all the time now, a baby whisk. So I can understand this answer. Hot sauce or barbecue sauce? Hot sauce. What's on your nightstand right now? Okay. Um, 
There's an Esalen workshop. You said what's on my nightstand right Right. now. Yes. Yes. Getting personal. Okay. Getting personal. Yes. Yes. There's an Esalen workshop brochure. I just got back from a five day workshop, um, how to be your own healer in modern times at Esalen, which is in Big Sur. I love that. I was there without owner internet for a week. Oh, I'm jealous. (laughs) So that is on my nightstand, a plant. Um, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer is a book that's on my nightstand. Um, And usually just like a big old glass of water. And when I say old, it's like from yesterday. (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, Love an air fryer or never use an air fryer? Like an air fryer, have an air fryer. Don't really use it that often. Heard, understood. Uh, celebrity you would love to cook for? Hmm. Probably Deepak. Nice. <laughs> and breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? Okay. Breakfast for dinner. And final question. What's an item on your bucket list? Oh, these are good. Item on my bucket list. Um, <laughs> Like, like a plate, like a, like a food item or a plate. Tell me more. Like, like an item in life on your bucket list that you want to do. Like I want to um, skydive. That's what's on my bucket list. Uh-huh. Um, I would say I could speak for my sister as well as myself. Um, enlightenment is on our bucket list. We it. are, um, we're pretty avid meditators. We, um, our spiritual practice has really deepened in the last couple of years with the passing of my husband um, and us just, you know, um, maintaining our connection with each other, the earth, our children. So yeah, we just, we want to continue on the, um, the heart open path. I love that item for your bucket list. And I have been, you know, everyone, if you're, if you're not following them yet, follow them. And, and you, you do offer a, a, a very nice glimpse into that enlightened state. And, you know, you offer tips and meditation or you talk about meditation from time to time and all the food stuff as well, but you're very open with stuff. And I, it's very healing to watch and very, um, I don't know, just very inspiring to watch the, both of you always have such a positive attitude towards everything. And it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things about following your account. The food is fantastic too, but just (laughs) the positive attitude and outlook that you both have on life. So I love that enlightenment on your bucket list there for your, that's really sweet. You know, we really do believe that we're all going to go through hardships in our lives and, um, we all get to make a choice whether we want to go through them with joy and learn the lessons that were meant to be learned or whether we want to trudge through it. And, you know, we hope that we can inspire people to take the joyous path because it's a fun one. Yeah. And you certainly inspired me. So I can't thank you enough. And you did, you did your questions. That was it. You made it through the list. Right on. You are you are an amazing interviewer. <laughs> well, thank you. And please tell everyone where they can find y'all on social media and online. We're at, you know, Spork Foods. We're on all the channels. I would say we're most active on Instagram, but sometimes we ignore it for a while because, you know, we're meditating or doing something else. But um, yeah, I would say Spork Foods and Insty are probably the best places to find us. We're also working on a a really big project that we haven't been able to talk about yet, but that will launch um, towards the middle of next year. So we will be inviting you to experience whatever that is. I love watching new projects unfold from (laughs) y'all. And your website for everyone is it's sporkfoods.com, right? That's right. Fan fantastic go get your copy of spork fed super fun and flavorful vegan recipes from the sisters of spork foods and vegan 101 a vegan cookbook everywhere books are sold thank you so much for being here and thank you jenny who can't hear me right now but please send her my love and thank you as well i appreciate your time and good vibes so so much thanks for being here thanks dustin Well, how cute are they? I love them. Just adorable. And they're like Instagram. They're just so cute. They're so wonderful and so positive. It's great Instagram to follow. Well, and fun fact, did you know the term spork is said to have originated as early as 1909? I mean, were people like whittling sporks out of wood? I mean, I guess. I also saw that there was maybe maybe a, a, a try of the word foon. 
Just what? like the other way instead of spork and oh. spoon. <laughs> Foon, like fork and spoon. I was like, spoon. what are you talking about? I, I think it was like it was like the fetch of the early ah, 1900s. Well, Someone was like, stop trying to make foon happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and they're like, spork. See, Mean Girls really translates uh, all all centuries. So funny. anyway, so thank you, Google. Um, so uh, what do you love about um, these books? What do you oh, got? Oh, these books, well, this their personality shines through. I mean, they're, they're beautiful pictures on the cover of that first one, Spork Fed, and you can just see they're, they're happy people going about the world every day trying to make a positive impact. And also their approach towards cooking is just functional for weeknight meals, but also like entertaining. So I just sort of love the versatility of it all and how their personality shines through. Yeah, so cute, so cute. Um, so it's time for the it's time for the dish. What is Dustin's dish? Oh, Dustin's dish. You say, listen, it's simple, but it's uh, it's something a lot of us don't do, including myself. So my tip to you, Dustin's dish for this week, is to read the recipe all the way through. Now I'm not just talking before you start cooking. I'm talking about before you go shopping, okay? So if you're like flipping through the book and you're like, ooh, that looks delicious. Well, really take a look at it. Read it all the way through. See what the procedure is. Do you need to soak something for the night before? Do you need to buy an ingredient that maybe you don't? Like just read it all the way through so you actually know what you're getting into. Because the other thing is you don't want to get stuck sort of like making something that you thought was going to be quick and maybe it takes like a longer process than you thought. I don't know. Lots of reasons to read it all the way through, but mostly because it was written for you to read it all the way through so that you can start with a great foundation, get all those bits and baubles that are needed and and get a full plan before you start assembling those ingredients. And I mean, that is something I definitely struggle with. I still do it sometimes. I'll be like, I got this. And I just start making and I'm like, Dustin, you know better. Read the whole thing. Well, especially even if you just like look at the ingredients and just kind of glance at the directions, Uh uh there could be something in the directions that like if you need to substitute something or at the grocery store, they didn't have something, there might be something that like might not work or like they've mentioned something. So like just read it all the way through. Give yourself kind of like that basic roadmap before you even go to the store. Um, just so you know the like the basics. The basics. The it's basics. All, you know what you got to do before you dive into it here. All right, friends. We are so grateful to you for joining us for another episode. We love giving you a little glimpse behind the pages with these authors. But we also love to see you sharing the episode with others. And we so appreciate helping you're, you're helping spread the word for the pod. Yes, yes. We really, really appreciate uh, seeing you on socials and um, hearing you in the DMs. Uh, but oh. yes, oh, uh, yes uh, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And don't forget to follow at Keep on Cooking Pod on Twitter and Facebook before February 15th to be entered to win one of Dustin's cookbooks. And don't forget to follow at The Vegan Roadie, my handsome hubby and your host oh, on Instagram for delicious inspirations. Oh, thanks, honey. And listen, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And y'all, you're here for it. Trust me and tell, let me, trust me, tell you. Trust, believe. Listen, Tabitha Brown's coming on next week. So we we're got so her. stoked. The best. We talk all about her new book, uh, Feeding the Soul, and uh, it's just cool to... Her uh, new restaurant, like all yep, the things. talk about all the things. So please come back next week for a brand new episode of Keep On Cooking with the one and only Tabitha Brown. Until then, keep on cooking, and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>